Man, um, as Tim said, my name is Lainey Edmonds, and um, I'm part of the, the church family here. And, you know, I am just so thankful for this family of God, you know, here in Balnehinch. Um, I, I know so much love and encouragement and support, you know, through the members of this, this body here. And I am very grateful, you know, for, for each one of you. Um, and especially for my friend Caleb. He asked for a mention, so. <laughs> Apparently he asked Lid to mention him, but she didn't, so I just thought I'd get on his good side. He's a working man now, so he's one to know. <laughs> um, sorry, is that okay? Yeah. <laughs> um, I just would like to, to start this evening just um, by reading just from God's word, you know, um, and it's Psalm 66 and verses 8 and 9 and 16. And it says, Oh, bless our God, ye people, and make the voice of his praise to be heard, which holdeth our life, our soul in life, and suffereth not our feet to be moved. Come and hear, all ye that fear God, and I will declare what he hath done for my soul. You know, and that's, that's the only reason I'm here tonight. I just want to declare the wonderful things that God has done for my soul. You know, a soul that, that didn't deserve him, that didn't, you know, haven't done anything, but yet I can declare tonight the wonderful things that God has done for my soul. You know, um, Life started for me in East Belfast, and um, I was born into a, a loving home. Um, my mom and dad, Brenda and Jack, um, you know, sacrificed and, and worked very hard to provide for my sister and I. And, um, you know, I, I love my family dearly. Um, they're, they're, they're just a lovely family, and I'm so thankful for them. Um, but I, um, I grew up, and I'm probably like a lot of people of my age, you know, we just went to church, um, we'd have went to Sunday school, was in the girls' brigade, went to the We Discoverers Club, I was in the, the choir, um, unlike Brenda, I didn't get any solos, but I was in the choir anyway, and, um, you know, I was happy enough, I, I liked going to church, you know, I, you know, there was... It interested me, you know, as, as much as, you know, it, it does for, you know, children. And, you know, I think, you know, I wanted to be a good girl. And I know I failed miserably at that from the amount of times my mum said, Lord, keep my feet off the Liverpool boat. <laughs> I didn't really know what the Liverpool boat was at that stage, but <laughs> my mum wanted her feet kept off. So I know I failed to be a good girl, you know, um, but I think I wanted to be, you know, and that was, you know, it was something that was, you know, I wanted to be a good girl, and um, but I wasn't. So, <laughs> um, in my teens, um, in the Church of Ireland tradition, um, you go through um, confirmation, um, and it's um, you know, it's it's supposed to be where you um, reaffirm the um, the promises that your parents made for you at infant baptism, and. I don't quite know how it all happened, but I was, you know, coming to go through to be confirmed. And, um, you know, I was a young teenager and, you know, I, I couldn't obviously articulate it the way I can now, but there was a real struggle going on within me because, 
you know, on one hand I was saying, you know, does God exist? Is God real? You know, and then the other part of me was going, oh, you know, if God does exist, you know, I'm in trouble, you know, and I, I kind of knew that, you know, um, confirmation classes were on a Monday night, you know, with the minister and I tortured the man. I know I did, you know, every Monday night, questions and questions and questions, you know, and um, I was so nervous on the morning of my confirmation um, because I say that struggle was going on. Does God exist? And if he does, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm supposed to be making promises that that I knew I couldn't keep, you know, and that was my understanding. I, I, I couldn't keep these promises about being a Christian and, you know, the bishop lays hands on you and, you know, I'm not knocking anyone's tradition tonight. That was just my experience. I couldn't quite reconcile it all that, you know, men would put their hands on you and, you know, maybe knowing that you're not going to keep the promises that were being said. And, and really, um, I was sort of mid-teens by this stage and, you know, I, I didn't really go to church much after that. And maybe it was just an excuse for me and my own rebellion, you know, whatever. But really from the ages of 14 to 24, you know, I didn't really go very much, you know, the odd, you know, Christmas service or whatever. And, um, you know, if you'd have asked me at any point in those 10 years, did, did God exist? You know, I would say, no, God doesn't exist. Because it was easier to to say that. Because if I then acknowledged that God existed, I I knew that that would mean that I would have to respond in some way. So it was easier just to put it there and to, to park it. And, you know, in those years, I just lived, you know, how I wanted to live. And, you know, very selfishly, you know, I'd say, you know, I had a loving family, but I made choices. I did things. And really the only person I was concerned about was me. I wasn't really too worried you know I loved my family but I wasn't too concerned about you know how I affected how my choices affected other people or what I what I did and how it affected them my goal was to live for for me and and to do what I wanted to do and live life how I wanted to and that's exactly what I did you know I'd, I'd everything you know the people say should make you happy you know I'd had a loving family at a, a wee job you know into my my um my early 20s, you know, I had a car, I went on holiday, I had a boyfriend, you know, at all the things that should, you know, satisfy you in this life. But, you know, I was not satisfied and I was not looking for God, but I was not satisfied. You know, at everything that people tell you should make you satisfied. And yet, you know, there was an emptiness in my life. I was surrounded by people and friends that cared for me but it was empty and at times it was lonely. And you know, you know, I, I did try to satisfy myself with, you know, with the things of this world, you know, by, you know, I do remember getting into debt, trying to, um, you know, live this life. Now this is the era before social media and influencers. So my influence was Cosmopolitan magazine. This is pre-GHD and it was the time whenever Moose made your hair crispy. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't. Some of you remember that Moose, don't you? You know, so there was no straighteners, there was no GHD, you know. Um, but I, you know, 
was influenced by, you know, cosmopolitan. I know, like, I was on a hiding to nothing before I started, you know what I mean? I was never cool. I was never going to make it. But in some way, you know, I thought, you know, I could maybe have what they say in the magazines. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> my dad often told me my head was full of wee sweetie mice and the man was right, <laughs> you know. But you do, you just get caught up in thinking, you know, that your the life is going to be, you know, what they say in the magazines or, you know, whatever. And I, I got myself, I remember getting into debt, trying to, you know, have things and, and live this life, whatever it was, you know. But it did not satisfy me. You know, I was not satisfied. I was empty, you know, and, and sort of into, you know, those early 20s, you know, it, it did come into my heart. What is all this about? You know, is, is this it? Is this life? You just work Monday to Friday, you go out at the weekend, you do whatever. Is this what it's all about? You know, because it just wasn't satisfying me and I still wasn't looking for God as the answer. You know, I, I wasn't, you know, in my, in my hardness, I wasn't looking to God or religion. You know, I was looking in every other place trying to find satisfaction. And there was none to be had. Honestly, there was none to be had. Yes, a few nights out, great, no problem. But really, the, the satisfying of their soul, there was none for me to be had. You know, um, at the age of 24, I, I moved jobs. And um, in, in my workplace, there were three born-again Christians. And they all went to the same fellowship in Beaver. It was actually um, Sister Patsy and, and her husband, Sam. They went to... Um, Pastor Tim's dad, they went to his church and each one of them at different times, you know, spoke to me about Christ. There's a lovely girl, Georgie, and um, she, you know, she spoke to me about the Lord and um, Tim was working in the depot then and, you know, we had to ring over about deliveries and things and, you know, I remember speaking to Tim and, you know, and Tim speaking to me about the Lord and, um, you know, I didn't say anything to them, you know, but it actually affected me. You know, I would have went home sometimes and I just would have been crying and going, what is going on here, you know? But nothing to them, you know. To me, my idea of a Christian before, you know, I met them was someone who was boring and didn't wear fashionable clothes and, you know, and these people were actually normal, you know, and they just, they just, yeah, I could have had a laugh as well. And and then um, Stephen was a, an oil tanker driver, um, and then and he, he wouldn't. I wouldn't have really had a, an opportunity to um, interact with him. But he broke his leg playing football. Stephen, <laughs> remember? <laughs> and they put him with his crutches right beside me in the office. And you know, I do remember he he, he took the opportunity to to testify, you know, and to speak to me about the Lord and. Um, I do. I don't remember everything they said, but I remember him saying, "You know, you'd be a lovely Christian." And you know, it affected me. And his crutches were sitting there, and I thought, if he doesn't be quiet, <laughs> obviously I didn't say that. <laughs> and knowing Stephen as I do now, I'm so glad I didn't. <laughs> but you know, you know, bless each one of them. You know, the Lord did use each one of them. You know, to speak to my heart and. You know, I, I didn't realize at the time, but I was under what, you know, we know as conviction. You know, God was drawing my life. You know, he was dealing with me. And, you know, um, 
yeah, I, I honestly, you know, I just, I was all over the place. And, um, you know, I um, think Stephen and Patricia invited me to church and I kind of said, oh, I'll go get those Christians off my back, you know. But really, you know, it was the Spirit of God that was drawing me. And I went on a Sunday evening, um, it was Christmas Eve. And, you know, as I had gone to a Church of Ireland when I was young, it was slightly different <laughs> than what I had experienced. You know, quite like this, you know, everyone was praising God with all their hearts, clapping, singing. And, you know, I think Stephen said it, you just think, nutters, knock them back. No, thank you. You know, I've done my bit. I've went to church. That's it. You know, but, you know, for the next three weeks, and as I say, I didn't, I didn't realize, but, you know, God was dealing with me. I would be in clubs in Belfast having drunken conversations with people going, what do you think about God? Asking my friends, what would you do if I became a Christian? I'll not tell you what the responses were, but there was none of them encouraging, you know, but God was dealing with my heart. And three weeks later, on the 7th of January, 1996, I rang Patricia and Stephen and I asked them, could I go to church with them that night? And, you know, that night, you know, again, I know people have said it so often, you know, I don't really remember anything that was said, but probably more importantly, what I did experience for the first time in my life was I was conscious that God was real. I knew he was real. No one had to tell me. I knew that God was real. And I knew that he was holy. And all I mean by that is that he was so different to me. I knew that he was holy and that I couldn't come to him as I was. But I wanted to that night. I wanted to. And I just remember crying and weeping, you know, and I did not know what to do or, or how to, you know, how to behave or what, you know, I was crying and I was invited back to Pastor Pastor Sam and Patsy's house for a cup of tea. And I think I still was just crying and crying. Patricia was heavily pregnant with Naomi, you know, and there I was sitting there, you know, trying to be polite, you know, and the discussion came round, you know, to Christ. You know, on that night, I do remember Pastor Sam pointed me to Christ as the one that stood in between holy God and sinful man, as the one who paid for my sin. You know, I didn't understand it all in my head. I would be telling lies if I told you I did. But my heart was beating. I knew that night that God was knocking at the door of my heart. And I had to make a response. You know, and initially you you, you want to go, oh, just let me think about this. Just let me get this all together. Thank God that I didn't because I would never have gotten it all together. I would never. How can you understand God? How can you understand that a holy God comes down to a sinner? How, how can you understand God dying on a cross for your sin? But you know, that night, you know, I just responded with my heart. And Pastor Sam and Patsy, you know, um, Patricia and Stephen, they prayed with me to receive the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, that night I confessed my sin. 
I wasn't saved by confessing my sin. I can remember all the wrong things I've done. I was saved that night because I realized, I acknowledged that God was who he was. He was holy and I was a sinner and I needed to come to him and I needed the savior, the Lord Jesus Christ to, to you know, stand in between and, and bring me to a holy God. You know, and that night, you know, I didn't realize that sin was such a weight until it was lifted from my back. I went, I went out of that wee home in Beaver Drive that night and my heart was free. I drove around Belfast at the early hours of the morning because my heart was free. For the first time, I had peace in my heart. I had peace in my head. And I knew that my life was never going to be the same again. Not because Sam and Patsy drilled me. They didn't have time, you know. I'd spent that much time gurning, you know, that they didn't have time to tell me. But you see, God had come to live in my heart. And I knew my life was never going to be the same again. I knew the things that I'd done, that I wouldn't do those anymore. Why? because someone was telling me you will not no I didn't want to Christ had come and he changed as Tim was talking this morning about our desires instantly God changed my desires he changed them just instantly he gave me a desire for himself you know I've never been in another you know bar to drink alcohol I've never smoked another cigarette I've never been to another club why because I don't want to. It, it never satisfied me then and it wouldn't satisfy me now. But you know, Jesus Christ, he came into this life and he changed everything. You know, and there's a wee part of a hymn and it's it just, you know, the hymn writers just say everything so much better, don't they? You know, but this was, you know, so, so much my my life then you know it says since my eyes were fixed on Jesus I've lost sight of all beside so enchained my spirit's vision looking at the crucified oh what wonder how amazing Jesus glorious king of kings deigns to call me his beloved lets me rest beneath his wings you know I found the answer that night in Jesus Christ you know, it, it was the entrance into life for me. You know, it was, he became the purpose and the reason for living. You know, it wasn't to do good things then. It was to know him. It was to know Christ who had, you know, who had come to this life. Um, you know, I usually finish there and maybe some of you are wishing that I would, but, <laughs> you know, there, there was two, you know, very significant things for me. Um, that that happened you know after I got saved um you know as I said you know I was born again you know and I was born with a hunger to know Christ it was nothing that I did of myself I didn't create it I can't claim anything of it myself but I was born with a hunger to know this Christ you know and um you know God just brought along you know um, you know, a few people um, around the time I got saved, you know, Nikki, um, before there was Tim and Nikki, you know, she just was Nikki, <laughs> and then she became Tim and Nikki, <laughs> um, and Fifi, um, and a lovely girl, Tanya, and um, I remember Tanya took me into the Faith Mission bookshop in Belfast, and it was Spot the New Christian, because, you know, I was just going round, you know, oh, oh, lifting things, you know, CDs and books and everything, and, um, 
I filled my cart up with um because I just was hungry, you know, and I was hungry. I wanted to um you know, I love just talking to God. I love just praying, you know. I'd I'd come into your relationship with God and um I just would sit you know, on my bed, and my, I was still living at home with my mum and dad, and, and just talked to God very simply, you know, in, in the way that I knew, and remember I'd bought books on prayer, and just wanted to talk to God, and, and to get to know him, and um, one of the books that I got in my trip to the faith mission was, uh, it was a wee Bible study guide, and it was 10 things every new Christian should know, and I was kind of working my way through it, and I was just saved maybe a few weeks, I can't really remember to be honest, it was a few weeks anyway and I was working through, it was one Sunday afternoon, I was working through this wee study guide and it, um, it was chapter three and it was being filled with the Spirit of God, you know, and I just, I just got down, you know, on my knees and I just was, I know I was just saying, Lord, if this is you, would you fill me with your Spirit? You know, I, I want you. And if this is you, if this is, this is what this says, then I want you and I want you to fill me. You know, and for the next, you know, it felt like ours. Don't think it was, but it felt like ours, you know. I just experienced the love of God just being poured upon me. It was just a wave after wave after wave of the love of God. You know, and I wasn't pinned to the ground, but I didn't want to move. You know, the presence of God was so real in that wee bedroom. And it, he just kept pouring on, pouring on, pouring on of his love. And, you know, I knew it cleansed me and it washed me. But, you know, the thing that it did, you know, the thing that he did, you know, with that filling, there came a desire to tell others about the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, and I was able to go to God's word and actually match up my experience with God's word because, you know, he says, you know, you shall be filled and receive the power to be a witness. And that was, you know, I, I know that that's what God did that day. You know, it was a wonderful experience. It was one I'll never forget. But I was hungry and he met me with himself and he filled me and he filled me with a desire to tell people, about this wonderful Christ that had come to live in my heart and how had saved me, you know. And it was such, you know, I know it was so significant for me, you know. And, um, you know, one other very significant thing was me for me was, um, I think I was saved about eight, eight months or so. And again, I just honestly, I was so simple, you know. I just would sit and talk to the Lord and I had a wee, file that I wrote down you know things that were I was praying for and asking and things like that and you know so clearly in my spirit it wasn't an audible voice but so clearly in my spirit you know I felt to go to bible school and I was you know more shocked than anybody else you know I was like seriously lord I'm 25 I'm really old you know how can I go to bible school you know and I knew very clearly that I didn't want to stay in Northern Ireland and I didn't want to go to England. And I think one of the first people that I, I shared it with, you know, was Fifi. And you know, she very wisely said, you know, well, let's just pray. And she knew a friend had gone to Bible school in America. And, um, you know, we met Edwin and, you know, had lunch. And, um, but, you know, God didn't lead me to America. I didn't really have the, the faith, really, for the thousands and thousands of dollars when I looked into the, you know, the Bible schools in America. But, you know, God has a... A plan and a purpose and he led me of all places to Sweden 
um, their Bible school in Sweden. And, you know, I am so thankful for that time that I spent there. You know, I, I knew I didn't want to go to get a lot of knowledge, and there's nothing wrong with knowledge. It's, you know, it's good to have knowledge of God's Word. But I knew that I wanted to know God. I wanted to know how to live this Christian life. I wanted, in my, you know, simple understanding, I wanted to know how, how people got saved and how you, you know, just how it all worked. And, and, and that was my heart, you know, in, in going to Bible school. And, and God led me, you know, to, to, to Sweden. And, you know, just very naturally, everything that was familiar to me was, was was not there you know I had no friends or family or whatever I quickly you know made friends but naturally everything was stripped you know and the only one that I could rely on and turn to was the Lord but you know I proved him in that time to be so faithful and I learned to know God you know God the Father God the Son God the Holy Spirit and you know I know he did things in my heart you know, it wasn't, you know, even the place, but it was just, it was just the, the environment and, and the taking time to, you know, uh, it was a privilege just to be able to know the Lord in that way. And, and I know he, he put things in my heart, you know, that are even for, you know, for, for the future, you know, for the future to come. And, you know, just looking back, and I am finishing now, looking back, you know, over these 25 years as a follower of Christ, you know, just the line of that psalm that I read, which holdeth our soul in life and suffereth not our feet to be moved. You know, that is, that is my life. You know, over these 25 years, you know, God has held me. You know, I couldn't have kept the promises to be a Christian. But you know, whenever Christ comes into your heart, it changes everything and he holds you. You know, in this world, you know, everything is changing. Everything that we know is changing. You know, what the government said 25 years ago or whatever, it's all changing now and the next government will change again and it's so changeable. And, and you know, people change and, you know, maybe even family changes. You know, maybe people that love you don't love you anymore. But can I tell you, in this changing world, Christ will never change. You know, he has never changed. You know, he told me 25 years ago that he loved me. He told me through his word that I was saved and set free and delivered and cleansed. You know, and that has not changed. You know, in the 25 years, and I've made more mistakes than I care to even think about, God has not changed. He has not turned his back on me. He has not left me. He is an ever-fixed mark. He is unchanging. He is the only solid thing, the only solid ground on which to put your life and to put your hope and to put your trust, you will find it in nothing else. And, you know, honestly, all that I would urge you tonight is please, will you turn to the Lord Jesus Christ? He is the only one that will satisfy your hungry soul. He's the only one that will keep you from falling. You know, he will not fail you. People will fail you. 
I will fail you. Everyone will fail at some time or other. We will disappoint. You know, I have disappointed. I have failed. But God has never failed me. He has never disappointed me. He is no disappointment. You know, and I would just urge you to look to the Lord Jesus Christ tonight. He will not let you go. He will not leave you. You know, and I'm not advocating going to Bible school or not going to Bible school or going to Sweden tonight. But what I am saying is see if you follow the Lord. Just see if you'll give him everything just like we heard today. Just see if you will just let everything go and put everything of your life upon him. He will lead you. He will guide you. He has good thoughts towards you. Thoughts of peace and not of trouble to bring you to an expected end. And that expected end is with him in Christ. It is a wonderful thing to know this Christ. That is all I just want to say, Glenn. I am declaring the wonderful things that God has done for my soul. He is a wonderful Savior. And I just would urge you to turn to him tonight. Amen. Amen.